a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Counseling on Demand. I'm your host, Fred Riley. Thank you yet again for tuning in to today's podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, an experience actually that I had this morning that uh, as I sat in my truck and paid attention to what was going on, I thought uh, this was something I definitely would want to share with, with you, with uh, listeners. It's uh, a little bit more of the human side of me and it's a little bit more of uh, uh, it's a realistic part and what we talk about uh, You'll see that I went through this process that of anxiety and even some self-doubt and so forth that uh, required me to use some of the skills that we talk about. So we'll talk about that in just a minute. As always, please uh, be aware that we are doing these uh, live Instagram uh, deals. I don't even know what they, they're called yet. I'm still trying to catch up with that. Instagram Live, I guess. Anyways, we're doing those uh, at 8 o'clock on Thursdays. Uh, Mountain Standard Time, and there will be subject matter that is available to talk about, but it's also a great warm, open forum to ask questions, uh, give topic ideas, and so forth. So that's Thursdays at 8, Mountain Standard Time here in the U.S. So let's go back to what we're going to talk about today. So this morning, this has happened to me a lot. My first, uh, my first week of grad school I found myself locked out of my car at this gas station that was about a block away from my classes. And uh, that was embarrassing. About two days later, so in the same week, I found myself locked out of my car at the same gas station. How embarrassing. Here I was supposed to be put together. My mind was incredibly busy. I was more nervous than I thought. But that was the first of many times that I locked myself out of places. I'm not sure what that's all about, but I have uh, a habit of doing that. And so I moved into this new office a couple of weeks ago. And one of my worries was with this new office, new routine, that uh, I was really careful that I wouldn't lock myself out of the office. Well, I found myself locked out of my office this morning. To make matters worse, I had a candidate, uh, an individual that was coming in for employment. This is a gal that wanted to come on a position as a therapist. And so I'm locked out. I'm wondering about my first impression, right, with this therapist, uh, this candidate that wanted to be employed. And I started to feel, I had a lot of thoughts. I had a lot of feelings, a lot of self-evaluation. And it was quite interesting. I learned about myself. And one of the things I thought about was, you know, this is a place, like with the previous podcast, this is a place where I got to learn to laugh. This is a place where I, I need to just laugh at the experience and know that's going to, you know, it's going to come to pass and, and be on its way very soon and quickly. But what I found myself doing is this a really embarrassing uh, negative evaluation. As a matter of fact, this uh, young lady that I was going to interview, she pulls up and I found myself trying to figure out ways to talk to her as that anxiety went up. And so things that uh, happen to us that are embarrassing, you know, that's real. We, we make mistakes. 
we talk about laughter and so forth in the past, but I felt a lot of interesting things come up. As a matter of fact, I was pretty sure that this first impression was going to scare this potential candidate away. And she was very patient. We were waiting for somebody to come and and unlock the office. And uh, I tell you what is really uncomfortable. So we're going to take a break for just a minute. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the thoughts I had and some ways to kind of work past those thoughts when we find ourselves in an embarrassing situation. Welcome back to Counseling on Demand. So today we're talking about an embarrassing moment for myself. You know, uh, obviously I do counseling, I do therapy, and one of the things that I really struggle with is I can certainly be hard on myself. And as I left my my home this morning, I discovered that uh, this new routine that I was going through in terms of a new office. Indeed, I had uh, left my my car, my uh, keys in the the office. And so I went through this process that I want to share with you and then what I did to kind of work my way through that. So my first thought was, as I mentioned a minute ago, my first thought was what kind of impression am I leaving for this potential employee? I was really worried about what uh, that looked like to this employee to come in, have a potential boss, disorganized, um, maybe irresponsible, and really feeling or presenting myself as uh, kind of tilted, off point, off center, and uncomfortable. So I was really worried about what her impression might be of me. Now, one of the things that I thought as well, though, is this is a great opportunity for me to get an impression of her and how she worked with the situation. So as I thought about that uh, impression that I might leave, I found myself really going into this place of self-blame. I really negative, and, and I think you can identify with that, where you start to berate yourself. You start to say, if I would have done this, if I would have done that, I wouldn't be in this position. And that really doesn't do you any good because it doesn't correct the situation. You could be upset and rethink, blame yourself all you want, but it doesn't put a key in the door. So I found myself sitting in my truck, blaming myself for my discomfort, blaming myself for potentially not looking like a well-put-together therapist or business owner, blaming myself for not paying attention, blaming myself for having this history of locking myself out uh, of offices or cars, that type of thing. And so impressions were coming up, worried about impressions on on this individual, and then self-blame. And the other thing I found happening was I, I found myself really frantic, I found it really hard. As a matter of fact, I was working on some podcasts, but at the time I was trying to distract myself, but I found myself really frantic. I opened up the doors to my truck and kind of dove through the seats and so forth, trying to, uh, hoping to find that uh, I had the keys all along and so forth. So when we are embarrassed, when we make, you know, a a mistake, lock ourselves out or whatever your mistake might be, you might find yourself being uh, very frantic. And hopeful, right? Trying to wish upon a star, if you will, that the keys show up or whatever it is that you lost or that uh, that embarrassing moment could somehow rewind and not occur. So I found myself very frantic. I also found myself kind of similar to self-blame. I found myself using the shoulds 
when uh, if you were in my office and you used the word should, what I would say to you is I'd say stop shoulding on yourself. And that usually gets a little bit of a reaction just because of the way it sounds. But so often when we make mistakes, we should on ourselves. And I should have this, I should have that. And like I mentioned, you could should all you want, but it doesn't change the problem. The other thing that I found myself doing was forecasting. Forecasting uh, the extent to which my business would be successful. Forecasting the extent to which I would find a good employee. Forecasting the extent to which uh, this move would be effective. And so here, I left my keys in my office. I was locked out, and I'm going through all of these thoughts, all these feelings uh, that uh, were the results of embarrassment. And and honestly, you know, it was interesting because as I talked to this potential employee, I was far more concerned about it than she was. So we're going through this process of worrying about impression, self-blame, um, being frantic, and going through the shoulds forecasting. And I even found myself scrambling for options. As a matter of fact, one of my offices is on the second floor. And I know that my uh, window, I usually leave it open. And so I eyed this window. And in my mind, I imagined how I could scale the building. You know, I really felt like there was something wrong with me and I was trying to correct it. So I was really scrambling for options that, that weren't real, that they weren't realistic. And so if you find yourself in that situation, where you're embarrassed, where you're, you're shutting, you're, you're worried about a, a bad impression on people, you're blaming yourself. There's some things that I had to do to calm myself down. So I'm going to talk about those things really quickly. So what I looked at was what I, what I call possibilities and facts. So possibilities and facts are a way to use the prefrontal cortex and take a look at these, um, this experience differently. So the original thoughts that I just shared with you came from a panic. It came from that part of our brain that is on alert, that uh, feels like our very survival is at risk. And so in order to work through that, I I did this possibilities and facts uh, task to help bring that place of logic in my mind to fire it up. And so here's some thoughts that I had. People make mistakes that are not life-altering. So the idea is it's very possible that this mistake is not life-altering. In fact, I was able to reflect back on other times where I locked myself out of cars and out of offices, and I found that uh, as often as I tried to lock myself out, accidentally lock myself out, what I found was that none of those experiences were life-altering. So I'm grounding myself a little bit. I'm saying, you know what? There's other possibilities that come out of this situation, and I'm looking at facts that, hey, this is not life-altering. Um, help this, sorry, one of the things that uh, I mentioned just a minute ago is maybe this, it's possible that this will help with my impression of this individual and maybe her impression of me. So rather than worrying about how I might impress her or not, I saw this, I looked at it a little bit differently. We might call this reframing, but I said to myself, you know, it's possible that, uh, this will be it will give me a great opportunity to see how this individual handles change and expectations, how they kind of roll with things, and maybe that will help the way I handle it. This is an opportunity, a possibility for her to look at how I handle change should there be scenarios in the office that that don't quite run as normal so that's another possibility that I looked at. 
the other thing that I looked at is this can help me become a better therapist. In fact, the reason why I'm doing this podcast is I wanted to share with you the way that this impacted me. And the idea is this situation possibly that I that I experienced possibly was giving me insight on how to better understand my clients that come in and are embarrassed that have made mistakes and bring them to facts, bring them to possibilities themselves. So one of the things that I did that really helped me calm down to say, you know what, this is an opportunity, which is a hard statement to get to, that can possibly help me become a better therapist. This also gives me an opportunity that things will still be okay. Like I said, it's not life-altering, but in the moment, it gives me an opportunity to see that things are okay. As a matter of fact, uh, by the time I got myself worked up pretty good, and then I started to calm down, within maybe a minute or so, franticness, all that stuff, really started to calm down as I was looking at possibilities and facts. And then the person I needed to come and get that door open from me for me came right around the corner. So as I was able to calm down, I looked at facts, I looked at possibilities, and uh, rather than going into the shouldas and so forth, I came out of that, and sure enough, the, the, it was the end. It wasn't uh, detrimental, it wasn't life-altering, things were still okay. So the other thing, and this is something I want you to think about, is this embarrassing moment is not going to be the first and it's not going to be the last. So this moment where you feel embarrassed, where you're worried about first impressions and so forth, you know what? It's not going to be the first time you look goofy or funny or feel that way. It's not going to be the last time. One thing to keep in mind really quick with first impressions, by the way, is there's a study done back at Harvard. And in the study, what they discovered is that somewhere up around 90% of people felt like their first impression uh, was bad. And they thought the first impression of the person they were talking to, so they were putting dyads, and the first impression of the person they were talking to was almost good, perfectly, 100%. Okay, we, we tend to give a really good first impression, but our fear of that first impression, we're going to report that that individual didn't have a very good first impression of us. So we want to pay attention to that, that, hey, you know what, even if it's of not a good impression. It's not going to be the first or last time you embarrass yourself. So those are some thoughts that I had in regard to my experience this morning. And I, I felt like I can identify with you and others in terms of some natural responses that that worry about impression, the self-blame, that frantic feeling, that wishing upon a star for a way to make it better, the shoulds, uh, forecasting, and, and uh, what I call... Uh, uh, worry dreaming, you know, we worry fantasy, sorry, that worry fantasy of how this is going to play out and scrambling for options. That is a normal response. I think that gave me an opportunity to identify with you and others a little bit more. And then we move into, and I'm going to challenge you in that embarrassing moment to start looking at possibilities and start looking at facts. Now, facts need to be not opinion-based, but they need to be concrete. Possibilities don't need to be as concrete because after all we're not trying to convince ourselves of the exactness or predict what will happen but we're going to see it as a possibility so i'm fred riley thank you so much for listening to today's podcast you can find me online at gettingbacktolife.com that's getting back the number two life.com 